What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of NFL Unwrapped. This is your host, Perry Aston, joined by my co-host, Christian McGowan. What's going on, my man? Hey, how you guys doing? Such a good day to talk about football following that Monday night football game. Everything that we were hoping for, one of the highest scoring games of all time, third to be exact. You said you fell asleep at some point, Christian, at the end of the game? Yeah, it wasn't from a lack of excitement, more as my work getting their money's worth out of me, (laughs) and me just being so tired, but that game was, oh my god. Yeah, I watched the entire game from start to finish, and I'm so happy that I did. Chiefs-Rams 54-51, to totaling 105 points, like we said, the third highest scoring game in NFL history. Before we get into all of the details of this game, I wanted to remind you guys to listen to our podcast on podcast.com or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter at NFL Unwrap, myself on Twitter at Perry Aston, or Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. Let's jump right into this crazy game. We're going to go drive by drive because I actually have a breakdown of that. It's pretty cool. Touchdown for the first, followed by a punt, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, fumble, touchdown, punt, fumble return for touchdown by the Rams, touchdown, kneel down to end the half. So that's the first half. Second half starts off with a fumble, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, interception return for a touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown, fumble return for a touchdown, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown, touchdown, interception, punt, interception, kneel down. Sorry to get so in detail with that, guys, but we have to. This game, to a T, was a fantasy football dream and a commentator's dream because the type of words coming out of these guys' mouth watching the game, you could tell they were in just the amount of awe as we all were watching from home. The kind of offense that we're seeing is something that I don't think has ever really happened before. I mean, like you said, there's been never been two teams that have scored 50 points. Is this a Big 12 game? Is this Pat Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield Sooners and Red Raiders? Like, yeah. what is this? Seriously. And the Chiefs and the Rams combined for 14 touchdowns in their Monday night football matchup, and the Bills have scored 13 touchdowns all season. That's so sad. The Bills have scored 13 touchdowns all season. And the Chiefs and Rams combined for 14 in their Monday Night Football game. I had to repeat that for clarity for our listeners. That's the saddest thing that I've read on this podcast in a long time. That that actually makes sense because that one game was more exciting than the Bills' whole season altogether. 100%. And the Bills, a franchise that is in need of some sort of excitement. And, of course, Josh Allen going down. So sad because that was their one spark of hope, I would say, to have a guy leading it there. But... With the team they have constructed there, the coaching staff, it's really pathetic. And, you know, shout out to their offensive coordinator for sucking up that organization for some money right now. I don't even think that guy could beat me in Madden. No. I honestly don't think Pass I... the sticks. Seriously. <laughs> At this point, let the towel boy just call plays. Like, you might as well. Just let the quarterback free ball it kind of thing. Let him go out there and just see what he could do. Who even obvious. is their quarterback, I mean, though? I, Derek Anderson went down. They had... Matt Peter, Barkley. Peterman is released now. So, wait, quick God. shout out to the football gods. Nathan Peterman is released. I don't think we mentioned that on the last podcast. Not that it was very noteworthy. But the fact that he had an NFL job for that long, let alone starting NFL games, baffling. Absolutely baffling. When you saw this guy go out there, you felt some hope that you still had chance to go to the NFL. Like, I'm 23, and I know you played football a lot longer, obviously, than my one year that I played football back in the day for the Moore Park Packers shout-out. <laughs> I know at this point... It's horrible. I can make it. Like, I, I, think, I think I can go for an open tryout, and I think if I was next to Nathan Peterman throwing passes... 
I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd get signed, but I definitely wouldn't get laughed at. Your stat line would be pretty similar. I would definitely be more of an Alex Smith before his injury, though. Definitely checkdowns and screens all, all days. Right. I don't know anything else besides a checkdown. I saw a stat that Aaron Rodgers could take the next two thousand snaps, throw the ball directly into the ground, and would still have a higher QBR for the season than Nathan Peterman does at this very moment. Really? How it was like two thousand one hundred and seventy-two something. It was like a, a round number. And he would still have a higher quarterback rating than Nathan Peterman. I don't want to talk shit because you are still a professional and I never made it to that level. But that stat is so outrageous. You should be in Canton just for that. Okay, and now I want to talk about Colin Kaepernick and his attorneys. Sitting back, so happy about this case against the NFL after yet another backup quarterback gets signed. Now we're going to talk Mark Sanchez to backup Colt McCoy. Butt fumble. Mark Sanchez, a backup Colt McCoy. This is not 2012, people. We are talking 2018 going to 2019, and we have a one and two of Colt McCoy and Mark Sanchez. This is outrageous, and the fact that Mark Sanchez is getting signed when a guy like Colin Kaepernick, who can easily start for a team, a guy like we were just talking about, Nathan Peterman, throwing the ball all over the place to other people a lot more than people on his team, and you're going to have Colin Kaepernick not blackballed from the league? I'm going to have to say that him and his lawyers are sitting back in their recliners just rubbing their hands together as this case continues to grow and grow for them against the NFL. I just thought Mark Sanchez was already like a quarterback's coach at USC. I just thought that was already the the dumping ground for his career. I didn't know he was still in the NFL. That's why I thought thought he was coaching. I had no idea. And Alex Smith, obviously this is a signing because of what happened to him on Sunday. Colt McCoy taking the reins. Now, who hasn't played bad? Honestly, hasn't played bad. And the last time he played on primetime was against the Cowboys. He dropped a beautiful pass with, I believe it was like 20 seconds left to put them in field goal range. So I remember that vividly as a Cowboys fan. And Colt McCoy can get the job done. He's but not horrible. Now you got Mark Sanchez backing him up. Alex Smith got sacked on Sunday and just his leg completely disintegrated. It was flopping around. Oh my God. It was so my sad. My heart goes out to him. So sad to watch. And it reminds me just exactly how I felt when I saw Paul George, when I saw Gordon Hayward, the same exact feeling when you see this leg just oh. flopping and it's you, you just wish you can help them and there's no way to. You just hope that their career comes back the way that they once were. And nowadays with medicine and the way that they'd be going about rehabs, an ACL tear 10, 15 years ago was a career killer. Now you got Adrian Peterson still throwing up two touchdowns a game right. and his ACLs were ruined. Ruined. Gone. And he's still putting up an NFL career. It's definitely possible. I know Achilles injuries is the one injury that our co-host Corbin, who's usually here with us, definitely thinks is a career yeah. ender. And I'd say now it's even less and less and less as the years go Give on. Give it five to ten more years exactly. and it's going to be just like the ACL. Because I know with the ACL it even developed where they're putting dissolvable tissue in between the ligaments to help I it recover I think about the stuff that's not even legal either. The stuff that people have to go to different countries for. Yeah, the stuff that Ray cell, Lewis was probably doing. Stem cell research. All that stuff that still hasn't really came to America yet. When that actually becomes Americanized, the possibilities for injuries... I feel like people are going to be able to play until 45, play until 50, and exactly. have no problem. It'll and not be just be quarterback, maybe normal. offensive linemen, linebackers, wide receivers. Especially with the rule changes in the NFL now, exactly. the way that they're protecting these players. They're really trying to help the longevity of the players, regardless mm. if us as fans aren't excited about the pansiness of the league, if I may. But I would be happy to see players not have CTE and have long careers exactly. and have successful lives afterwards. As a person, that likes the NFL. But 
for a kid inside who wants to see another man kill another man on the football field. <laughs> I'm not loving these rules, but you know, you can see both sides of the coin on this one. We'll move on to our next subject, Lamar Jackson, starting for the Ravens. He has played snaps in almost every game, actually, this season. Taking, packages. Taking different rushes, and he has scored, I believe, once, I mean, possibly touchdown. twice. But he did start for the Ravens this last Sunday with Joe Flacco's injury. Rushed 27 times for 117 yards. That's too much. So that's alarming in regards to keeping your quarterback healthy. There's no way that if you're going to be facing a defense 27 times and making yourself an eligible runner that you're not going to get hurt at some point in the season. And to talk about his passing ability, 13 of 19, 150 yards, an interception, and he did have a fumble. It's so very unimpressive. I'm not impressed. A lot of people were blowing up on Twitter about this 27 rushing for 117 yards. I saw someone call him a unique weapon. And in my head, I said, it's a running back. You know, that's Terrell Pryor. That's not a unique weapon. I'd rather weapon. have that guy line up in slot instead of quarterback if he's going to play like that. I don't know. I like him better in certain packages as the guy who's going to be leading your football team and you're going to be building your offense around him. You better get someone that's exactly the same as him, but a poor man's version of Lamar Jackson as his backup. Because if, if he goes down, yeah, but look about his injuries too. You got to have a third string that is the exact same. Because once you build an offense around a guy like this, you can't just put a traditional quarterback that throws out of the pocket in and expect the same success. There's no seamless transition at that point. The Ravens have botched the quarterback position twice, once giving Joe Flacco the contract he currently has, and two, spending a first-round pick at a guy that you even just said is a unique weapon. You get unique weapons in the third, fourth, fifth round. You don't trade back up to grab a guy in the first round that puts up these kind of stats. I'm not saying his career's done. I'm not saying this is what we're going to see out of him every week. But if he's going to start again next week, I think Harbaugh really needs to let him throw the ball, whether he throws three picks and three touchdowns or throws that has a Nathan Pitterman experience. If you draft him in the first round, you're going to need to get these kinks out throwing. You're going to need to give him more opportunities to throw the ball downfield, use more plays that you will with Joe Flacco, and rush the ball less. He can still get 117 yards on 10 carries right. by scrambling. Options. When you don't expect it, that's when you break out those 10, 15 yards. You see guys who aren't athletic out of the quarterback position mm-hmm. running for 10, 15 yards like it's nothing because of the packages that these defenses have to play when they're expecting the pass or when you have such a good play action that you have to account for all sides of the offense. That's when quarterbacks are able to slip out, really take advantage of their legs. For Lamar Jackson... I agree with you. Let's bring this down to 10 rushes, maybe 15 absolutely tops. Mm -hmm. He's not Cam Newton in terms of size. And you got Cam Newton, who's an athletic quarterback. I would compare him more to a Michael Vick Mm -hmm. in regards to size and skill. Not the same, obviously, but that would be the closest comparison that I would say we have seen in the last decade. Look how he played his game. He ran all over the place. But did he run 27 times for 117 yards a game and... I'm not 100% sure if that's, you know. I, I mean, there's probably a couple games where yeah, he did I, average I, I don't that, think, but that's not sustainable whatsoever. I don't think that was his his trademark. It was more pass, pass, pass. You knew his arm. He was throwing the ball all over the place. When you when Michael Vick threw a pass deep, you held your breath. Right. So you knew that that was what you had to account for. And then the fact that he was more athletic than most of your defense made him that Scared. unique weapon. That's what we'll call a unique weapon. I would say so, tr- uh, he was a transcendent weapon. Yes, and the, one of the first to do it. But Lamar Jackson, you have to watch some more Mike Vick tape and yeah. really sit down with Harbaugh and talk about your longevity and talk about 
maybe rushing 10 to 15 times. Because even if you're just as athletic as Mike Vick is, which I think in terms of athleticism is a fair comparison, you need to have the arm strength to make them honor both. Right now, you're one-dimensional. I think next week, even with all the rushing success they had, teams are going to load the box, and if they try to rush 27 times, he's going to get hurt. Yep. Move on to the next category that we have. Jameis Winston, starting for the Buccaneers again. Your thoughts on this? It's just sad because I thought that maybe Fitzmagic getting benched would mutt him a little bit, and we'd get to see the fits of week one, two, and three, but... This is just the turmoil that we thought the Bucks had going into the season, and we were so pleasantly surprised at how well they were doing. I think that how we expected them to be is how they really are now. Let's just say luck, or just the actual Fitz magic, just covered up, are actually coming to light, and they have serious problems that they need to take care of. More like Ryan fits well on my bench, right? Uh, uh, fits well, then <clears throat> you should have started Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I. I'm shocked at this, actually. The fact that they keep flipping back and forth, that's not going to keep consistency with the team. And it's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston has really impressed in the last few weeks. They've been subbing out for each other, and whoever screws up, the next one gets the ball. I think you just ride with one guy. At this point in the season, I don't think you have a very good chance of making the playoffs. I think you ride with one guy and hope that you at least build consistency, build that spark, build that Fitz magic again, and ride that momentum. If you keep flip-flopping, it's not going to work. I honestly don't have any confidence that Dirk Cutter finishes the season. No. I think if he gets lucky enough to finish the season, he's the first coach fired in the offseason. I'm not a big fan of him, and he was a big Jameis Winston supporter. So now with him flaring out, it's Dirt Cutter flaring out also. Look for his name to be on the coaching market pretty soon. Jimmy Graham breaks his thumb, and he's going to miss, quote-unquote, some time. Nothing's been defined for how much time that is, but how much of a hit is this for the Packers and for fantasy football? Let's talk that really quick because the fact that the tight end position has been so hard to find consistent points. And you got a guy like Jimmy Graham, a big name, going down. What does this mean mainly for the Packers? But tell me about fantasy, too. What do you do? I mean, this just further hinders Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. He's obviously still going to do him and give us some amazing plays. But his weapons just keep going down, keep getting older. And I just feel for him. I feel bad. I think that uh, another name, Mike McCarthy, I think this will be his last year. I agree. Did uh, you see Aaron Rodgers just hanging his head at some point in this last game? And he had no way to get it going. I saw a quote, I don't have it in front of me, but said there needs to be some sort of speech or something that happens in a practice or a game, just something that sparks us, that gets us going because there's nothing. That's kind of what he was going at. And it was really sad to see his demeanor. I think play calling should just go to Aaron Rodgers full time. Every single play, he just walks back up to the line, just doesn't even look at him, just calls every play. Not I think that's one, how it should handle not it. one huddle the entire game. No. It's Aaron Rodgers on the line, audibling. This is Madden, just like back in the day, we'd go up. It didn't even matter what play you picked. I'm switching it on the line. So I think I totally agree with you. Corbin, shout out to our uh, other GM. co-host that is partial owner of the Packers. We expect him to make a move here soon on McCarthy exactly. and hand play calling over to Aaron Rodgers. So a decision that we've made here on episode 19. All Packers fans, please take note. <laughs> All Packers owners too. Everyone. I mean, Corbin's majority. So I think he has one share. 
<laughs> it costs like six dollars. He's got one. I think uh, one of my my chiropractor was telling me that his son has one too. So let's uh, <laughs> NFL returning to Mexico City in 2019, despite problems this season. And this was the game, of course, Monday Night Football. So we go full circle back to the game, and that's kind of how we're going to end the podcast too. This Monday Night Football game was so jam packed and so historic that there was too much to talk about. But it was supposed to happen in Mexico City. And when the players got there, or at least NFL officiates, they saw the conditions of the field, and players had to threaten to not play the game at all and take this into their own hands to get it moved because they were worried that they wouldn't be putting themselves in a good position with the conditions of the field. And I talked about it on the last podcast, how it's just fucking baffling that the NFL let this get to that point. And the fact that the Rams had a home game yesterday, to be honest... Wasn't that cool? As an NFL fan, I would have loved to see this game mm-hmm. on a neutral site. A Super Bowl possibility on a neutral site because I definitely know that no team's going to have home field advantage in the Super Bowl. This would have been beautiful to see, and it would have been the most perfect experience for international football. And the thing is, when we give these games to other countries, you have to think the reason why we're doing this, yes, to expand the market, to expand fandom – But the NFL for sure has said it for years that they want to expand franchises into other countries. They're testing the market to see, hey, what if we put a team in London? What if we put a team in Mexico City? What kind of fan base could we draw week in and week out? What kind of demand is there? And when you can't put games in Mexico City, what kind of message are you sending to the NFL? Did you see a photo of the field? It was horrible. It was every five to ten yards. There was a giant dirt rip in the field it looked like you went out there with your cleats and we're just you they sat one concert. you sent one player every single 10 yards and just chipped their cleats across the entire field and just ripped out every single route it was pathetic it looked like i wouldn't even put my ayso soccer team on that field let alone an nfl football team and you got professionals making millions of dollars Le'Veon Bell's not going to play for the entire season looking after his longevity you think a player with momentum going to the playoffs is going to risk no going out there and Aaron is whatever, just like Alex Smith just did? Please. Absolutely not. NFL, you should be embarrassed. You should be absolutely embarrassed. And when you are going to make an announcement, you're going to take it back to 2019, you better show your progress. You better show documentation. You better show fans and get them excited again. Because how do you ruin the momentum that you had for international play by doing this? Having to take away tickets from so many fans, take away plans? This was the week of. Exactly. Think about how many people genuinely made plans to go to Mexico City, took off work, went and bought expensive plane tickets to go out there and experience this, and then had to, what, cancel them or go out there anyways and just do this weird trip to Mexico City when he went out there for the Monday Night Football game? Because I'm sure some people had to. Exactly. No, that, that it, I I agree with you. It's... I'm stranded in Mexico City, Mom. I was here for the game. Right, you spent thousands of dollars. I'm calling on a payphone. Mm-hmm. Like, come get me. Like, right. And no disrespect a- to Mexico City. I've never heard that as a destination spot necessarily to vacation at. So, yeah, maybe you went and saw some historical spots. But if you went to go watch some football, you spent money to go watch some football, you got robbed. Uh, and I know the Rams did the best they could. They gave out thousands of tickets to first responders for who came out to the fires that were happening here in Southern California. So as uh, well as victims of the borderline of the borderline uh, shooting. shooting. Yeah, uh, Christian and I are from the 805 area. We went to high school and Corbin. We went to high school at Moore Park High School, so we were right in that area for a lot of our lives, and we know people that are we're, still there we're and there were, at were the affected. Incident. Really tough for us, and to see the outreach from all types of sports across professionals, fan bases, 
and you saw the NBA teams coming out with the shirts that said enough on the front and had all 12 victims on their back. Shout out to all sports for doing this. You saw Andrew Whitworth and Jared Goff after the game having a moment with each one of the families of the oh, borderline victims. I cried victims. this morning watching that. that was... Andrew Whitworth put it on Twitter, said, you know, this is bigger than football. It really is. Mm-hmm. And for us here in California, and we have a blessed life, but there's tragedy everywhere. And with the shooting and the fires, both the right ch- in our day area, right in our area, you know, you had people affected and then you had them having to run from their homes. It was, we haven't really talked about this too much. So for us here at Unwrap, send the wishes that we can to the family still recovering and to any of our friends that, you know, ever need help or, or ever in a position, we're going to continue to reach out. But to see these teams doing what they can do and rallying around, it's really touching and it's nice for us to see. So let's end this off talking a little bit more about this game and a little bit of an end debate with who's the best team in the NFL right now. Because obviously we saw the Rams and the Chiefs showcasing their talents on Monday Night Football. But on Sunday, technically America's Game of the Week, the Saints defeated the defending champions, the Eagles, 48-7. to Let's talk about this wrecking ball of a game from them. It was insane to see and has a lot of people calling the Saints as the best team in the NFL. So for this game, obviously sends the Chiefs to 8-2. and two. The Saints and the Rams both sit at 9-1. and one. Who do you think is the best team in the NFL? So at this current moment, I agree. The Saints are the best team in the NFL. But I'll have to say one thing, and it kind of ties back into our last topic. After all the adversity I think that the Rams and the community around us has faced, I think they're going to rally around the incidents, and the Rams will ultimately be the Super Bowl champions this year because – what we've seen in the past happens with the with the Mets after 9-11, the Boston Red Sox after the Boston uh, the explosions that happened there. The, teams, the Saints with Hurricane Katrina. With her, Saints with Hurricane Katrina. Right. Sports uh, teams the, will the rally. The Houston Astros oh, after, after the, the, hurricanes. the Hurricanes. We will rally around. The professional athletes will rally around the city that has been affected that so tremendously ne- in a negative way. I really think that – and you see it with, like you said, with Andre Whitworth after the game. This is more than football. And I think the Rams, after evacuating their own homes in the fires, have been so affected by this. I, I feel like the whole city is behind them, and we're ready to go out and get this. And it's going to be one of the, the things that we look back on. And, yeah, the Saints are a more talented team. I think that under other circumstances, they were going to win and take this all the way. I just don't see the community. I don't see the Rams faltering. This is our year, and after all that's happened, I think this is a sign that we need to go out there and get it, and we need to go out and get it for the community. You see, for an end debate, it's supposed to be two people disagreeing and hopefully having some sort of argument, but on this end debate, I'm going to have to completely agree with absolutely everything that you just said. Couldn't have put it better. The Rams aren't the most talented team in the league because it's the Saints, and that's because they have Drew Brees leading this team who has the pedigree and has the experience and has won a Super Bowl. Sean McVay is a young coach. Jared Goff is a young quarterback. This entire court is very, very young and just put together a lot on the defensive end with all the signings that they put together. So they have a lot going for them. And like you said, the one thing that's going to spark this win or them having a Cinderella run, even though I wouldn't call it a Cinderella considering how good they are, it's going to be them rallying around the adversity and the tragedy that's happened here in Southern California, like you said. But I see Drew Brees causing issues for this whole league for the rest of the year. And I don't know how good they can be because of how good they are on defense right now. 
That's the one thing that's going to set them apart from the Rams and from the Chiefs. And I'm not even going to put the Chiefs in this conversation because Andy Reid is an established coach, but Pat Mahomes, who possibly could win the MVP this year, is an amazing quarterback, but still young. And this defense doesn't impress. And you saw the Rams last night. Their defense is great on paper, especially that pass rush. But they that secondary right now. is gets burned, and they don't have a keep to leave. And they are a little. And they thought Sam Shields, quote unquote, is the only person on that team that can run with Tyreek Hill. Hey, guess what? He can't run with Tyreek Hill. So no one can. No, I was about to say, name me someone who can. No one. He's possibly the fastest NFL player I've ever seen in my entire life. He runs so fast. If he ran in a school zone, he'd probably get pulled over just on foot. The, the, seriously, I think he could run 26 miles per hour. I honestly got no clue. Did you ever on. run down the street and try and time yourself on one of those things? I'm not Michael Scott, and honestly, it would be so sad. It'd be like one mile per hour. I, I totally did it. And <laughs> I would run like through it, like take some air, take some flights, so at least I like, <laughs> catch my thing. I don't know. Jump probably, into it? Probably never hit more than like nine or something like that. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the statistics for each of these teams in regards to these high-scoring offenses. Here's the most... Score here. Sorry, here's the highest scoring offenses in NFL history: the 2013 Broncos at 37.9, the 2018 Saints at 37.8. So this year, the 2007 Pats 36.8, the 2018 Chiefs this year at 36.7, the 2018 Rams this year at 35.4, and then the 2011 Packers at 35. You have three. All three of the teams that we're talking about right now are the top, adding the top five highest scoring offenses in NFL history. We're seeing NFL football like never before. And it's exciting to see. It's an air raid offense. And I think this has a lot to do with, obviously, quarterbacks feeling more confident that they can't get hit and that, obviously, they're getting help as well with a lot of these penalties. But you have to shout out the league right now. This is historic football, and it's exciting to watch. And as someone that covers fantasy like I do on the FFB Unwrapped podcast, how do I not have the biggest fantasy erection of all time seeing these numbers? These are also just, I mean, I'm not as much of a fan of, or not a fan, just have knowledge of past teams, you know, when I was just younger. But it seems that the offensive talent has just stockpiled so severely on these teams that, I can't really point around to other teams and say top to bottom how talented they are. The Rams, every single one of their wide receivers would be a wide receiver one on any other given team. And they have three of them. Three of them. And that's not even counting Todd Gurley, who could be an elite receiver on his own pedigree. Unfortunately, Cooper Cup going down for the year. But look at Josh Reynolds this last game, who scored a touchdown very talented and was all well. over the field. So anyone that steps up after these two guys, mm-hmm. it seems like in this Rams offense. Even in the Chiefs, they had Conley, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, and then Kareem Hunt as well. Every single one of those guys is yeah. catching passes. And they're all setting record. You know, it's a the record. Personal records, team <laughs> records, it's... This is the year for offenses where just throw out the record book wherever they finish the season is going to be the new record because we're seeing, like you said, the rules obviously are helping us out, but you have a Big 12 quarterback running a Big 12 offense in the Chiefs. He has all the weapons in the world. You have the Rams. You have a stout quarterback with a transcendent head coach and a whole ton of weapons. And then you have the Saints with a legendary MVP quarterback with all kinds of weapons in his own right. And Sean Payton, who's an amazing coach. I apologize. How how dare I not not bring him up? But there's so much talent on all these teams. Coach, quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line. 
And the, you get and a boner. The, and the Saints, I have a bit of a, the Saints have a bit of a defense, too. And that's the one thing I could say about the other two teams. It's not looking yeah. too great on that side. But the, the, uh, the Rams have the the the, probably the defensive player of the year on their defense. 100%. Line. But look at the Eagles putting up seven points in this last game. This is the defending champions looking depleted. They whooped their ass. And if you didn't see the rest of the game, you had the Saints pouring it on. They made a pass to Alvin Kamara. It was fourth and seven. And that was a touchdown late in the game. And it was fourth down when they were interviewing Ingram and Kamara after the game. They brought that up to Kamara, and Kamara said, oh, that was fourth down? Oh, I didn't even know that. He's just they off. didn't even know that it was fourth down, and they were just pouring it on. It was just another casual play where they just thought they were better than the team that they were lining up against. And that's why I think, and why you think, the Saints are the best team, talent-wise, top to bottom on both sides of the ball in the NFL right now. Now, my last question for you. Does Pat Mahomes win the MVP this year, or is this going to be Drew Brees, or Drew Brees. is it one of the Rams? Just how the way the MVP voting goes, it's going to be Drew Brees. Patrick Mahomes is too young to get the nod. If the numbers are any comparable, any you know hair thin right. at the very end, it's going to go to Drew Brees. I want to say Pat Mahomes, and if they do give it to him, it's going to be well-deserved. And it's really going to see what he does for the rest of the year. But you saw late in that game with those turnovers and what he was doing to his stat line. Yeah, he was trying to win the game, but you saw the rookiness coming out of him. You saw him slinging the ball a little bit and making decisions and feeling that pressure. So I'm excited to see how this continues for the rest of the year, to see if he can lead this Chiefs team into the playoffs with a head of steam to potentially make a Super Bowl run. But it's going to be all about the numbers, and I'm excited to continue to have this debate between Breeze and Mahomes, and you can't ever rule out Gurley or Goff in the offenses that they're in right now. So we're going to have to see how the rest of these games go, but I agree with you. It right now looks like Drew Breeze, and it looks like the Saints are the best team in the NFL. But for whatever reason, we still think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Maybe that's because we're riding this L.A. momentum also, since we do record here in Los Angeles. We're biased. We're, we're a bit it. biased. It's Even hard to see past it. But we are calling it, just like we did in the beginning of the year, I think we all had the Super Bowl Rams in our prediction show, so I think we're going to stick with that. But as of right now, we have to give a shout-out to the Saints and how offenses are playing right now because it's so exciting to watch. That's all we have for you guys today on NFL Unwrapped, Episode 19. Thank you guys so much, and we're going to catch you guys next time. Hope you guys have a good one.